With the first pick in the 2008 WNBA draft, the Los Angeles Sparks select Candace Parker. With the first pick in the 2011 WNBA draft, the Minnesota Lynx select Maya Moore from the University of Connecticut. WNBA podcast brought to you by Sports Ethos and Outlet Pass. The rare time where all three of us are here on a Thursday. Well, Friday, I guess. I, whatever day today is. I, I have no hey, idea what's going it, on. It's funny you say that because, no lie, I thought all day today was Thursday, and I thought all day yesterday was Wednesday. And I texted my best friend today. Today's his birthday. And me and him are going to a concert tomorrow. And I think he may come to the drinking meal on Sunday. But, like, I texted him. It was like, hey, fam, are you trying to get a cut before we go to the uh, concert on Saturday? And he was like, bruh, today's Friday. When are we going to get a cut? And I was like, I thought it was Thursday. I swear <laughs> to God, I thought it was Thursday all day today. And, yeah, it's just it's just weird. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, it's – uh. It's been weird. Krista, how are you? I'm good. Uh, I'm ready for the weekend. I'm ready for my birthday. When, so, yeah, I mean, not you, you, I can edit this part out. I don't think necessarily want to tell the world, but when is your birthday? Oh, you can tell the world. They can send some funds to cash out. Well, <laughs> 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 no, it's uh, Tuesday. I know that's right. All right, all right. So we'll be back again before that, but that that's good to know. I'll keep that in mind. Uh, yeah, it, it's a nice... <laughs> holiday weekend so it, it, it should be a good time um but yeah so we're gonna we're gonna touch on the news briefly because there's been a couple things that happened since we last recorded and then we're gonna kind of get into a fun idea that bailey pitched to the group um and we'll explain that when we get to it but starting with the news um covid seems to be hitting the league at the moment it, it there's been a, a big trend of people entering health and safety protocols uh whether it be sue bird or um Alicia Clark, Kurt Miller. It feels like right now we're hitting a surge of that. And I know that part of that is the public transportation. Some of that is just the current surge in the country itself. So um, Bailey, what are your thoughts on, I know, cause you brought the topic to the table. What, what, what do you think's going on with, or not, what do you think's going on, but how do you feel about everything going on with the COVID of it all right now? Yes. Yeah, I saw a tweet before we came on here and I'm going to read it because it, felt kind of relevant it's what's kind of sparked a conversation in my head but it says the w does not seem to have prepared for the possibility that covid could affect the season and now we have a seattle team with a quarter of its roster out and this won't even be the last of it and then it goes on to say that it seems like this season's main story could quickly become about covid and seattle may see it's only three losses to arguably worse teams in game where they we're missing players because of it. And I think that's very fair and a very interesting viewpoint because it is 
seems like over the last week or so, there has been a strong rise, whether it be on the coaching staff. It, you know, Natasha Cloud, I think, was the first player I remember mm-hmm. being in health and safety. Now the Mystics also have Alicia Clark going into health and safety, three players on the storm. And you talk about Kurt Miller. Uh, Mike Tebow was in there for a while. And I think about, like, the Sparks just played the Sun kind of recently and things like that. So it's a small league. It's a close-knit league. And like you said, they fly on public transportation and things. Like, there's a lot of potential for it to overrun every team, unfortunately. And we don't want to see that. And also, like, this doesn't mean that everyone is tested positive, but they have the rules in place. And I'm curious to see if they alter them at all, kind of how the NBA did in the, I think it was in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. How they kind of lighten them a little bit. I'm mm-hmm. just curious. I'm curious to see really how the league responds to it more than anything at this point, because it could very well get out of hand again. Well, I won't say out of hand, but it could be a very prominent factor this season again. Yeah. And like, I, I think that what, f- the FIBA, there's a FIBA championship right after the season, right? And that's part of the reason why there's not going to be enough room for any any sort of flexibility or anything like that. So that's stressful. Obviously, I, I'd rather them be able to afford some opportunities for the players in this league if there does need to be a postponement or something like that to actually get that rather than, like like you said, or the tweet, I believe, it was what, what you were quoting where, you're going to see these teams lose to teams that they just shouldn't lose to because they got caught on a night where half their roster is wiped out by COVID. And I guess that's part of the world we live in right now, but it's also weird and troublesome. And, and, and I don't know. I, I didn't think that like, if you had asked me like three years ago, if I'd ever wrap my head around the fact where I'd be okay with postponing games, I'd be like, yeah, why, why would we do that? But the world's different now. And I feel like the lack of flexibility is very telling this season. Chris, what do you think? I think it's just not even with the WNBA, like cases are rising everywhere. And it's only going to get worse because we have Memorial Day weekend coming up as well as just the summer. So it's only going to get worse. And then flying commercial people are out like they're going to come in contact with it. Yeah. Yeah. And like, obviously, I mean, we've talked at nauseam about them eventually having charters and stuff like that but i don't think that solves all of it right like i mean because we've seen it in the men's league as well not obviously to this type of spike but it's it's still part of the process so definitely weird i I, definitely something to keep an eye on obviously just another another thing to take everything with a with a grain of salt whenever it comes to results or anything like that in the early season because I mean, it'll be very easy in two months to forget that Seattle was missing. Like, I mean, what their first week of the season when they were missing Brian January and um, Stewie because of it. So they they dropped some games. You're like, well, what's going on? What's wrong here? But it's very easy to forget that. Yeah, well, that's what happened. So definitely something to monitor. I'm very interested to see how the Sun function tomorrow with out. They have one coach on staff that will be available for the game. So. Um, Definitely weird, and going against the Mystics, who will be like you said, missing Alicia Clark. So, um, very weird situation for sure. Uh, getting into more of the other news, um, Marion Stanley was let go by, by the Indiana Fever this week. Uh, I, we had called for it before the season. This timing's strange. I just, I, I, I don't get it. 
uh, Carissa, before what do you what do you what did you make of them letting Marion Stanley go all of a sudden? I think why not? Uh, like... So the <laughs> counterpoint is if if why not then why not a month ago before the season and actually let a new coach start the season. True, but I don't know. Maybe they thought she's going to do something different. <laughs> but um, I guess people see like it's very eye opening that the talent is finally there. Mm-hmm. Like just like adding those extra pieces with the rookies. So it's like, okay, some of these close games they're losing, some of these games that they probably shouldn't. It's like, okay, this obviously something isn't working. So let's move on. Yeah, I mean, I as you as as you know, I I agree. I was calling I, I think those were my bold predictions for the season or whenever we were talking about the preview for the season was I didn't think Marion Stanley should still be a coach in this league. I thought this should have happened maybe when you let Tamika Catchings go. Mm-hmm. I'm just always weirded out by middle of the season firings and like what you really get out of it. I, I like Atlanta looks much better than they did last year after after doing stuff like this. But I also think that that is kind of papered over by the fact that you overturned the roster and have Ryan Howard there and stuff like that. I just think putting young players into this m- amount of chaos is questionable at best but Bailey do you think I'm being I mean obviously you and I agree on this that Marianne Stanley it was time to replace her it's just the exact timing is a little bit off yeah no I absolutely agree I think if you make this move if not simultaneously closer to the catchings move and you just shift all your momentum at every level to the future and to rebuilding in the draft and things like that it helps not only the younger players establish themselves but it just I just think it helps the whole organization and I think you would see a lot more positives from it because everybody's on the same page you just go ahead and make a full shift before the season you give assumably or assuming they go with Hyde in the offseason you give him a training camp to establish what he wants to do and how he wants to do it and think build chemistry he may not have with all the players. Or I think you may even make a attempt or look at possibly bringing in an external talent to fill the spot. You don't have to just go straight to your own roster. Maybe you go, maybe you make a call to Stephanie White, who already has Lynn Dunn connections. Maybe you call Walt Hopkins, who just got out of a position last year. I don't I don't know who they could have gone for or who they would have gone for, but to me, the timing just makes so much more sense from a structural standpoint because it just lets everything align much better, in my opinion, than you go into the draft. And you might even draft differently. I'm not saying they had a bad draft, you know, but maybe they do something different in a draft and you're looking at a roster that is more of what your coach at that time was. I, I don't know. There's just a lot of different ways that doing it then changes your season. And I don't think any of the ways that doing it back then would have been a negative. Mm-hmm. As whereas now, I think you're looking at a team who has shown flashes and young team looking like they can do something quickly. But I would argue doing it now is maybe not a long, but more of a setback than it would have been doing it in the off season when you feel had time to prepare for the season coming up. Now you're doing it in the middle of the season. And so I just feel like that's going to limit what they can do 
differently with this new coach, how much change you can really see. And it may make it where they – I've said they wouldn't be the worst team in the league, and I still don't think they will be. But, you know, maybe they're closer to that than I originally predicted. I guess at the end of the day what matters is that now they will have ideally – their pick of the litter whenever it comes to coaches and theoretically I mean I would probably wait until you see the results of the draft lottery because then you can tell any of these prospective coaches that hey I have the top pick in the draft you know what I mean or a top guaranteed top two because they're not guaranteed that despite how bad they were last year and look to be this year not that even if they're not the worst team this year we obviously think they will be a lottery team this year so getting yeah. to fully know what you're selling to that coach so maybe you can recruit one of the top whoever is out there then I think that would be interesting as well. Um, last bit of news before we get into our, our fun for the day is Jazz Thomas is out for the season. Uh, we, we were talking about how she missed the game whenever we were recording earlier in the week, and then it came out afterwards that she has torn her ACL and will miss the remainder of the year. Obviously, I'm bummed as a Connecticut Sun fan. I am working on a piece for uh, Outlet Pass where I kind of talk about the impact of this and where the sun kind of go from here. I'm, I don't think it's all doom and gloom, as you could probably tell from my defense of the team earlier in the week. But um, I do think it is pretty, pretty brutal that between losing Bree in January in the off season and now um, jazz that you lose an all defensive backcourt, just your, your point of attack defense obviously changes for a team that has been pri- has like made its bones on the defensive end of the court. I think she is an exceptional leader and she has still done that from the bench. You could see so far this week in the two games against Dallas, how vocal and she's essentially just an additional coach now. So obviously not what I want, but and I'm bummed because until they get another injury because of the way the salary cap works, they can't sign a hardship extension or hardship contract. So they will be stuck with 10 players for the time being, which is obviously brutal, but um, yeah, I, the Jazz Thomas, uh, Chris, how do you feel about like the news that's there? And what, like, I know that you're a little bit more down on Connecticut than I am. Do you think this <laughs> dramatically changes things? I don't think dramatically, but um, I think you said the key word as far as like leadership. She's a great leader on the floor and off the court. And of course, like that can still carry over, but to have that on the court is kind of like irreplaceable. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we'll see. They have other struggles besides that. So, for sure. Bailey, your thoughts on Jazz? Well, first things first, to flashback to when we talked about Skyler only missing, would we say, like 17 games? Jasmine Thomas only missed seven, which is incredible, right? But um, now she's going to miss the whole season. And like you said, Corey, it's a big blow, but there's so much that she brings that's intangible that can be still felt just from a sideline role, which is good. And I think this means just more minutes for Dijonay and for Yvonne Anderson. And I think they can really make that work. I think they – I know you said they only have 10 players, which to me isn't as brutal as you seem to think it is, which I understand why you do. Um, I just, cause to me, I, I don't, I don't, I see it as a negative, but also I really think that it could be a positive, not in a sense that 
you know, I, saw, I heard Kurt Miller in an interview talking about no one's ever going to fill her shoes to 100%, do exactly what she does. But what they bring to that spot and in that increase in role can maybe make them have some different type of look. And I think so far, Natisha Heidemann has done a great job of that. Yeah, also, yeah, yeah. Sorry, and it also, it also definitely helps that Natisha Heidemann is probably getting coached from Jasmine Thomas every hour of every day. So certainly a positive there too. And so I, I as much as it hurts, as, as big of a blow as it probably looks like, I think over the span of the season, we may see the sun just kind of keep going on. I, I don't, I don't think it's going to sink their ship. I don't think it's going to ruin their season. It definitely takes an element away, but also I think now you're going to see this roster on defense and offense move a whole lot differently. And I think one reason for that is that you've seen Natisha Heidemann in increased role. I would be willing to say she's more of a scoring-minded guard than Jasmine Thomas was, which I think yeah. is something they needed. And then you maybe get Courtney Williams doing a little bit more facilitating, which she can do. You know, we've we've given her fit sometimes about not doing it. But so far, like, I've been really impressed with how Courtney Williams has been playing in Connecticut. And I think more of that will help them. Like I said, Dijanae and their other guard depth. I really think that as much as it sucks, because I love Jasmine Thomas just like y'all do, it may somehow, in a weird way, open up something for Connecticut that, like, may even elevate them. It mostly bums me out because I do genuinely think that this is the last chance for this squad because, I mean, someone breeze up at the end of the year, and unless she's going to take a ridiculous discount, she's not going to be here next year, right? So, or there's another move, which we can talk about the number of other moves there could be for a while. Dijonais looked much better this week than than she had for the first couple weeks of the season, which is good to see. Like I, I that was not somebody that I was. While she is a guard, I wasn't necessarily thinking of her stepping in and kind of filling some of that role. Tisha's looked really good. She's not um, the defender, obviously, but has looked good. Yvonne Anderson has looked, if nothing else, up to the moment. She's like, I'm, and I don't like hey, this. Yes, but and in a lineup where. Um, the the most major amount of time she's going to be playing with four other players that have made all-star games. She doesn't have to be more than that. You know what I mean? So I think that this is also going to afford Kurt a chance to play uh, what he has called his monster lineup more regularly, which is uh, court the one of honor and the three bigs and essentially play Alyssa Thomas as the point guard. (laughs) It's a, Kurt is a madman. The article I have <laughs> will uh, have some clips from that, and like I get what he's saying. Like I, I, it's not something that I think you can put out against everybody. It is a sight to behold. But like I get it because I think that Alyssa Thomas is a very good playmaker. Do I want her to be my primary playmaker? N- no. Um, do I want Courtney Williams, who is jacking up a? I, I've come around a lot on Courtney Williams, but she still jacks up far too many mid-range jumpers that are far too forced. Uh, it, it's, it's something. So 
I, uh, I, I've said all, all offseason since they signed Courtney Williams that I think that a lot of this regular season will be experimentation, and nothing says experimentation like a monster lineup. I can't get over that lineup. He's th- <laughs> Say that to me one more time. You got John Quill, mm-hmm. Bree Jones, mm-hmm. Dewana, mm-hmm. Courtney, mm-hmm. and Alyssa Thomas. Yes. Who is shooting the ball? <laughs> you've, got, you've got negative, <laughs> negative, no spacing. Positive. It's like the opposite. A lot of playmaking and a lot of size, but like it's like <laughs> you don't say. It's like the opposite of the Warriors' death lineup. Like it's the exact opposite. Like yeah. the Draymond, KD, Steph, Clay, Iggy, or whatever the lineup was. It's like the exact. Yeah, it's that Sixers lineup whenever they were in the middle of the process when they had Nerlens Noel and Jaleel Okafor and Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Buddy, and we saw how that went. But then again, but like, you never know. When I've watched, which I, I haven't really, like, side note, I don't always watch trends on other teams as close as I do on the Sparks. Sure, but sure, but sure, I sure. do kind of keep note. like, And the stats may completely neutralize this but to me it looks like Dewan has been shooting the ball well and more confidently but also like you said she doesn't shoot a lot of threes and Courtney doesn't shoot a lot of threes Bree Jones will get the ball and have no one for six feet around her and won't even look at the rim I don't know if Alyssa Thomas can physically shoot a three so then you have John Quell and you're taking your six foot six walking mismatch MVP and turning her into a catch and shoot threat what? <laughs> I, I, I don't enough, know. A lot of the time in that in those lineups, she's played out of the dunker spot, which obviously is not the absolute maximization of her talents, but it's not a catch and shoot threat. So right, and that's a decent spot for her to be in. But like, I don't know how that spacing is going to look. <sighs> I mean, the issue is that Courtney's just going to have to attempt more threes, right? That I, I think that and and Dewana Bonner will have to develop that to be an extra part of her game and. I don't know how you develop that in the middle of the season, but you know, right. Especially for a 13 year pro. And that's what I'm saying though, right. Is that, that that's my issue. Whenever we say that you can't add anybody and not that jazz Thomas was shooting from distance, but right now the one of honors attempting 3.83s per game. Natisha Heideman is attempting 4.4. John Quell is attempting 3.1 and Courtney is only attempting 1.8. That has to go up. Like that's just, she's, a 38% shooter, but like when you're only attempting, when you're attempting less than two per game, that doesn't really count for nearly as much. Um, so I don't know. Like, yeah. Dewana is actually shooting 46% from three on, on just under four attempts per game. So like if she can shoot a little bit more and Courtney can shoot a little bit more when that lineup specifically is on the court, then I'll feel better about it. But I do think it's going to be a lot of Tish and it's going to be a lot of Dijonet and maybe Nia Cloudon. I don't know that Nia Cloudon's necessarily ready. I don't hate it. Um, Awkward enough, Joyner Holmes has been getting more minutes lately too. So maybe they really are just, nothing against Joyner Holmes, but like the monster lineup might just go throughout the whole time and always have two of them on the court. So, I mean, I think we can trust Kurt Miller. To make yeah. these calls, like I said, it looks funny. It looks wonky to me, but like sometimes that's what works. 
yeah, I mean, they're, they still have the second highest offensive rating in the league. They're the only team in the league that's within nine points of Vegas. And they're, I think, just like three points behind them. So, and like, then... that's, that, so I, I, I can't complain because Vegas is transformational. And they're second in defense by less than a point behind Washington. So, it's working. It's just bizarre. Okay. Do you have the stats up in front of you? Yeah. Do you have like defensive rebounding? Cause I, when they were playing the Sparks, I could have sworn they said that Connecticut was like the second worst defensive rebounding team. And that kind of blew my mind. And I wanted to fact check that. Uh, I mean, they are currently the worst in defensive rebounding. Yes. That's crazy. Yeah. The 22.9 defensive rebounds per game. Where's LA at? Uh, 23.5. Oh, so tenth. Tenth? Yes, sounds right. But anyway, to your point, again, from my viewing of the Sun, which, like I said, I've watched every game. I don't always, like, focus, focus on trends. But to me, Nia Cloudon has been pretty solid, I think. Yeah, she's fine. Yeah, I think she's been fine. I think she's looked pretty good when she's played, so. My issue with all of this, like I said, is not necessarily that I have an issue with any of these players individually. I like Nia Cloudon. I like Yvonne Anderson. I really like Natisha Heideman. I don't necessarily like those as my, I like them more when they were like my second, third, fourth, fifth guards. Now they all move up a peg and I'm like, well, that's, that, that's why uh, all jokes and us breaking, breaking the zoom aside. That's that is the main reason why I'm more okay with seeing the monster lineup more often, because at least I know in a playoff setting, even though Connecticut has come up short before, these players have all been there. And I don't know if I want to rely on a Yvonne Anderson in clutch minutes in a playoff game, or I, I would love to say that I'm ready to rely on Heidemann in that situation, but we don't know yet. Right. So that's, that's more where it comes from. Cause like, I, I think like you said, during the regular season, I'm not worried. I think Connecticut's a machine. I think they're going to end up with a top four seed, no matter what in the regular season, because all they do is win games. But in the playoffs, Jazz Thomas obviously is not going to be back. I said this is a season-long injury, so that's kind of where I get a little bit concerned. Yeah, I follow you. I mean, that's fair. Like, there's a lot of different angles to look at this. So now that we've gotten through all the news, Bailey, what is the name of this segment that you have brought to us today? Oh wow, this is crazy! <laughs> I can't believe I get to introduce the segment. What was but, your um, idea? So, was my, well, I took it from Slam. I'm not going to lie; I stole it from Slam. So a couple days ago, a couple days ago, Slam posted their thing called the Blueprint, and they were building a player using different skills from different players. And theirs was only focused on Nike athletes, which is cool and all, but like that's lame, right? It's lame. So we're going to build players using a Blueprint that they posted, and we're going to call it Build a Baller Workshop. That's a fine name. It is a good name. So, so the blueprint, the blueprint had the following attributes: it had leadership, core vision, competitiveness, handles, shooting, post play, and footwork. And then I figured for one, we could for fun, each of us could add an element of our own if we wanted to. So mm-hmm. let's get down to it. Y'all want to go? Let's go around. Let's start with leadership. Who are y'all taking for your build a player leadership? I took CP3. CP3, not Chris Paul. No. 
Gosh, no. <laughs> I, took, I took Jazz Thomas. Like, I know that Ooh. that's probably, I, you know, whether it's me just paying homage because of the week, but yeah, I've, I've been really impressed by her leadership over the last year or so. So, decided like to go there. I will preface, I, 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 you guys know this already because I've, I've made it abundantly clear, but I am really bad at stuff like this. So, uh, <laughs> most of my picks are going to come off kind of hollow. So, Bear with me. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait till you add. Not, I can't wait till your added attribute is a walk's length. But anyways, <laughs> I went with Candace as well. I think she's just a phenomenal leader. And to me, if honestly, like I could have added Candace to multiple things, I would have, but that's the one I settled on. Yeah, in fairness, also, I didn't pick her for this because I figured both of you would because I feel like she's the obvious answer. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. She's not obvious, but they literally just did a piece on her when we played, I think, on ABC the other night, and she was mic'd up and she never stopped talking. Yeah. Yeah, I just remember taking that away from last season when, when y'all were on the run to the play like through the playoffs and it just like it, it's just she felt like she was puppeteering the whole thing and, and just like not in like mm-hmm. a negative way, just the way she was able to like kind of balance the emotions of everyone and kind of always be like that that stability factor so yeah i i and obviously like we can use this this thing says the past the present and future so we could use past players but there's not many i would put above candace in this category not many at all so i think i think there are other places that have arguments but she was my pick and obviously carissa's pick so to not dt no no, 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 Corey. That's weird. And so um, if we move on to the next intangible competitiveness, Slam chose, okay, for, for reference, Slam had Sue's leadership and DT's competitiveness. Carissa, who did you pick for competitiveness? So I did take Slam's idea as far as like past, present, future. And so I chose Shakira Austin. Ooh. Ooh. Very interesting. I like that too. That's a good choice. She's very fiery on the court. Yep. Corey, who'd you take? I promise my entire team is not Sun players. I promise. You took Alyssa Thomas. I absolutely did. (laughs) I don't know if you guys are aware of this. But she played through two torn shoulders. <laughs> like, I, have you, how are we not talking about this more? <laughs> that, like, but all jokes aside, like, that's real. Like that. Like, I, I just think that I, there's. She does play with a lot of emotion. It's sometimes to her detriment, but I. That's one of the things that drew me to her immediately is to be my favorite player. I tell you what, coming next week, Rebel Edition, we're gonna break down. Car- Alyssa Thomas's shoulders. I almost say Carissa's shoulders for a second. Like Carissa Thomas, my bad. <laughs> Alyssa Thomas's shoulder injuries. I mean, because you some, never hear about it. Like someone never- has to. <laughs> <laughs> it needed to be said. That's a good choice too. She is very competitive and extremely competitive. Mm-hmm. And I appreciate her competitiveness. They when they had DT, I was like, I don't like her competitiveness. Like. Sure, she's competitive, but like she's also dirty. She she's dirty with it. Ah, I can't get with that. She also fights her teammates. 
and pushes refs and stiff arms my favorite player to the floor and gets the foul called on the player on the floor somehow. But I digress. At least you didn't throw a water bottle on the floor. You also try to fight Cappy. That's not cool. I think this is the worst part about this. This segment is we're just going to sit here and talk <laughs> nonsense. No, this is not nonsense at all. This is my the feelings and thoughts. I mean, these are also well-documented things. This is true. Who's your person? So, for competitiveness, and I understand there's, there's a bit of an asterisk by this right now, but I chose Cynthia Cooper. Because okay. to this day, to this day, at age 50-whatever she's at, Cynthia Cooper will still tell you she's the baddest person on the planet when it comes to balling. She'll tell you and something I, think she probably shouldn't tell you either. Yes, yes, yes. Like I said, there's a huge asterisk here that separates Coach Cooper from Comet Cooper. But anyway, yeah, I've, I heard her on Knuckleheads like two years ago, still just talking her talk. She's like, man, you throw me in the league right now, can't nobody check me. I was 35 years old when in finals MVP, like just – I was the Michael Jordan of the W, like, bruh. Like, I, I appreciate that energy, and I need that in my player. I can't argue with that. I just, you know, you, I, I have a much tougher time separating it, but I absolutely understand what you're saying. Yes, yes. Like I said, I had to put a huge asterisk. All right, Corey. You want to do court vision, handle, shooting, footwork, or post play? Let's go court vision. All right. Who do you want to, who, you want me or Chris to go first? Go ahead. Okay, you said court vision, correct? Mm-hmm. There's only one choice. Well, no, I, I'll tell you. That. There's a couple of choices. I think there's and, a solid chance we we might all have the same choice. I same. don't know because I was torn between two. Same, me too. And I ended up going with Tisha. Yeah, okay, and it was between Courtney, right? Yeah, it was her. Same, sloop. Same. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I have Courtney Vader sloop. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you were. Just... <laughs> Uh, you were different. Well, yeah, yeah but like I also have not dove enough into the, the film before I watched, so that's part of it too, right? Well, I'm gonna tell you like this, Corey. Any pass that you you've seen Jason Williams make, mm-hmm. just insert Tisha into that highlight, and you're gonna pretty much get the same thing. She's very high on the list of players that I'm excited to go back and watch. She she she. Uh, I would say she's a bit more flashy than Salute. Salute's uh, greatness and flash is a little more subtle. Like you kind of see it in the in the what's the word in the fabric of the game a little mm-hmm, more mm-hmm. whereas tisha like she would just do some crazy stuff honestly sometimes for no reason at all <laughs> like you ain't had to do that but you can and you did just because you can and i appreciate that that's too funny yeah i mean it had to be one of those two i don't think i think it's those two and the rest D- who did you pick carissa oh i picked courtney but it was between those two. Okay. Like, I, I just kept going back and forth. Hey, shout out to Tisha, man. I'll, I'll be the only one. I'll be the lone. No, I don't. I, I'm, not a, I'm not mad at it. It's just. Yeah, I, no, I'm just. I don't know if I've ever seen men's, women's, college, whatever. I, I don't think I've ever seen a passing performance like I did with Courtney Vandersloot during last season's playoffs. So that uh, maybe, it, I don't know, maybe recency bias, whatever. But I, there was no way I was picking against that. That's real. Okay, so I'm going to pass it to Carissa. Carissa, you want to do handle or shooting? Mm, I'll do handle. All right, start us off. Who'd you take? Uh, I got Cappy Pondexter. One of one of my top three. Yeah, yeah. What about you? I took 
Simone Augustus. Okay. I heard, I heard her tell a story on a podcast about learning how to dribble by dribbling on a gravel road. Mm. And to me, like, that's literally the best way to learn how to dribble because the ball is going all over the place. And I feel like her handles were very underrated aspect of her career, but deadly. It was between her, Cappy, and Erica Wheeler for me. Corey, who'd you take? I took Kennedy Carter. Ooh, Hollywood. I just think that when I was introduced to her as a player, like getting into the W right before her rookie season, just most of the highlights, honestly, were not even about scoring. It was just about the way she would just put people on skates. So, I mean, she can do that. She's so quick with it. Mm-hmm. She's kind of like Cappy to an extent, kind of what Cappy was, because Cappy was so nasty. <laughs> Cappy was so nasty. I will die on the hill that she was robbed of a finals MVP in Phoenix. They well, gave it. To, they gave it to DT. It they gave it to DT, but Cappy was better in that series. I will die on that hill. You better be careful who you say it to because the goat might kill you if you say I, that. I will say that to Diana Taurasi's face if I need to. She'll headbutt you in the sternum. <laughs> and break a door. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we're going to move on to shooting. Corey, whose shooting did you take? In a similar vein to what I said about Courtney Vandersloot, I don't think I've ever seen him. We, we've talked about it before, Bailey, in, in a in, a number, I'm probably, I think every group chat that you and I are in together, but I don't think I've seen a more pure shooter than Alec Quigley. So I will take Alec Quigley. Carissa, who did you take? Same. I figured that too. <laughs> Though wow. part of me really wanted to, to, to take Alyssa Thomas's shot put shot and just, you know. Well, like I said, you could add attributes. You could add a shot form. You know? That's a hell of a form, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I, um, Allie Quigley is arguably the greatest three-point shooter in W history. I I don't think that's a stretch at all. And she was in my in my uh top couple of three. Take the goat. No. I I, I went with Elena Del Don. Mm, okay. Put put up that 50, 40, 90. Mm-hmm. Can do it on the block, can do it in the mid-range, can do it from deep. And even now, like this season, I've tweeted it this year. I feel like every time she shoots the ball is going in. I don't think I've ever seen her shoot a bad shot. I don't think I've ever seen her shoot an air ball, a bad brick. And I just think that while she may not immediately pop to mind for some, she was one of the first that came to mind for me just because even now after her injuries and being a little older, like it's just so pure. So, but I mean, again, I think it's her, Quigley and I don't know who would be next to be honest with you it's probably those two that I can think of I'd have to go back to see who were some knockdown shooters of the past okay so now we have footwork and post play Corey start us off uh shouts to BG I'm gonna go with her for post play I don't know if it's, if it's the most refined post game necessarily but she's okay. just gonna bully you and yeah. I just, I think that that's, it's just like, there's no one that I've seen in the three years that I've been watching that's as physically dominant as as Brittany Griner. Yeah, no, I'm inclined to agree with that. I didn't take her for post play, but she was definitely on the short list. 
Who'd you take for footwork? Let's not. These two kind of go hand in hand. So I took Sill. I knew I wanted Sill for one of the two, so okay. I decided to. Because I, I just, you, I feel like you could have argued her for either because I think she's such a gifted post player. But yeah. I just think the way she's able to manipulate people with the way she she uses her footwork, I think that gave it the nod. See, I took Sill's post play. Sure, because I appreciate more and more how much Sill uses her like shoulders and body to turn people and gets to her little right-handed hook over people or whatever it may be leading the W in his in field goal percentage for a career like her post like and she doesn't necessarily always do things that wow you right like I know BG hits like post fades over people and things like that but like what the when Sill scored her 6,000 point earlier this year, the way she sealed Shakira Austin under the basket and had her incapable of defending, that's to me is very impressive. Mm-hmm. And as a former post player, I appreciate the smaller things that maybe not everyone notices. And that's one of them, mm-hmm. you know, just the way she gets to her spots and seals you and makes it where you have no option but to let her score. Like, because she's a big body, like six six, wide shoulders, like and just super skilled and super strong, and but also mobile enough to catch you off guard and sometimes just just explode to the rim and go right by her defender. Like it's just to me, she was the one for that. And then I took Neca's footwork. I don't think there's better footwork in the league. I've said that all the time, especially with her newly added array of jab steps and baby crosses out of the post up it just don't even make no sense to me carissa who'd you take so i took NECA for footwork as well and then for post play i took lisa leslie okay yeah i mean no issues there yeah none at all <laughs> no because lisa's one of my favorite ever to do it so yeah i'm always for that and then last part of this i'm gonna I, i'm gonna add two parts Number one, what was your added attribute to your player? I debated between – I really wish we had talked about this before because I absolutely would have just had the length of a walk career. You know how much I love a walk. but I called it. No, no, she's not She's not in my two that I'm talking about. I wish, If we had talked about before that, that I would have remembered to add that. Uh, I would like to say that I would like to add Steph, Steph Dolson's screening because I think that we mm. talk about that on this pod all the time and you got to stay true. Um <laughs> But I took uh, D.D. Richard's swag. <laughs> That's fun. I wanted somebody with some personality, somebody with some just uh, just the, the weirdest air that you can bring to the court and kind of like it, it's something that I appreciated about Chicago. Not that she was there, but something I really took away from Chicago last year was how important the vibes were. So uh, I don't think anyone brings the, the vibes quite like D.D. Richards does. I love that. I love that. I I won't go into it yet because I'm going to get Carissa next, but I consider it something similar. So, Carissa, what did you add to your player? So, I added Motor. Okay. And Ryan Howard, since it's been in question. Ooh. I like that. Ooh, prove them wrong. Ironically enough, one of the ones that I I didn't go with but pondered was like Corey said, was like Ryan Howard's swag. Because, like... I'll, every time I think about Ryan Howard, I think of just like chewing gum and like smiling on the court, like 
she'll get in a triple threat and like look at her defender and smile and then go to the rim or like I said, I just I don't know. I think about I think about that with Ryan and I love it. I love that. But I I I'm biased, you know, but I took Brittany Sykes' defense. No, I appreciate that. Like I'm I'm here trying to make a player, you know, like I was like, yeah, give, give me Britt's defense. And I think I made the greatest player to ever walk this earth if they were real. No, I appreciate that. I mean, this the, is, def- the defense is insane, so obviously. Yeah, this is one of them 99 overall everything players. <laughs> I think we just made three of them. Yeah, I think that, that that was a lot of fun. Like I said, even whenever you like pitch the idea, that's not something that I'm typically – for whatever reason, I just never get into that kind of thing. But this was a lot of fun. Yeah, all right, my last part to ask you if you could use a player if you had to make them the same like build as a player like a physical build who would your player be built like in terms of do you want a big do you want a guard like what do you, what do you want your player to be because for me I'm making my player built like Ryan Howard because I think she has a prototypical build for a do-it-all player I could appreciate that I thought about her or Maya. Those were the two that came to mind for me. Oh, Maya. <laughs> I'm surprised no one took anything off of Maya, but Maya was just so good at everything. What would you take from Maya? Like, everything. Uh, I mean, just to bring it back, I would take a walk queer's body and put all the talent in the world in it because I think she already has it, but give her a couple of these skills and look out. Okay. I like, I like an energy big. That's like, I'm a sucker for that. So I think yeah. if you put... You put, you know, uh, just like to take one of the skills. If you take AT's competitiveness and put that in that kind of frame, good lord! I like it, Carissa. Who would your player be built like? Would you take a forward, a guard, a center? Um, I like Tiffany Mitchell. Okay, I like that choice. I like that choice. Like a two guard, solid two guard, good wingspan. I like that. That was fun. That was fun. What I want to do, and if anyone listens to this far, first of all, I appreciate you, but I'm, I'm going to put these in a spreadsheet and post them on Twitter. Let's, let's see who wins. Let the people vote. I like that. That's a good idea. Yeah. That'll be fun. But, all right, um, cool. Corey, does that wrap us up? It does. So we'll be back at the beginning of next week to talk about all the results and everything like that. Just for So this will be coming out on Saturday, so you guys will see it already. I don't know how much you re- everyone really keeps up with our daily posts of, of stat lines of the night, but I, I kind of wanted to update it here because it kind of goes hand on hand with everything that Bailey and I do. Haven't been doing them the last two days because personally, I just don't think there's a need to do it whenever there's only one game a night. So I think that I'm going to add in the two games from the last two nights into tonight's lines of the night. So by the time you're hearing this, you also see the stat lines of the last three days, just kind of celebrating everything, all of the greatness that's in the league. Like I said, I have a piece coming out about the sun beginning of next week. I know Bailey is working on, a nice piece for the website as well, talking about one of his favorite players. So got some contact yeah. coming. I hope to get it out tonight, but I think I'll just wait and include this game in it and get it out. I feel that like the weekend. The number of times that happens where I'm like, you know what? One more game really would not hurt hurt what I'm talking about here. So I totally get that. Yeah. But yeah, so that does it for us this week and we'll catch you guys next week on Revel Edition. <laughs>